Talk is brought to you by ManorDeprived.com, Canada's number one resource for the latest Magic the Gathering strategy, decks, articles, comics, videos, and podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Crazy Talk. Um, this is KYT. I'm here with Alex and Frank, and once again, he decided to bail on us. We do not have more Medina. We have less Medina on this cast. That's a good thing, actually. But we have Mark's son, <laughs> legacy superstar Mark's son, and another influential Chinese MTG player, Tom Ma, who's had great success uh, in the past year, I think. Welcome, Tom. Hey, yo. What's up, Tom? <laughs> What's up? Yeah. I was confused because I was I heard that we had three Chinese players for this uh, podcast. Yeah. Where's the third one? Are are you oblivious to the fact that I'm Chinese? You're Chinese? I thought you were Korean. Oh my god, I feel terrible now. (laughs) Man, Frankie, what did you? What was it that you said earlier? That uh, they're now doing what they do best? Yeah, they're outnumbering us, those fucking (laughs) Asians, man. (laughs) They wouldn't be if it wasn't for uh, Medina's constant absenteeism. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's, he's, I don't know. I think we might have to fire him, man, if he keeps well, not showing up. I'm not, I'm not keep... sure. Like, Medina's not white, so, like, I'm not <laughs> sure what he counts as. <laughs> but, uh, thank God, we, we do have the star of the show, according to our comments, Frank, so, uh, I think we'll be good. Um, so, Tom, usually when we have a special guest, we start it off with five questions we call the five. So, are you ready to answer our five questions? Sure. <laughs> Question one. How did you get into Legacy? That's a really good question. That's actually... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Um, well, you see... <laughs> what? <laughs> I really didn't get into Legacy until like I was watching. Uh, until like last year at the SCG Open in Denver... Or I played Bug Land still, and then I realized Force of Will was a good card. <laughs> and I guess that's how I got into Legacy? I don't know. <laughs> so you just, like, watched? Like, what other formats were you playing before? Just Extended and Standard, really. Okay. And then you... Frank? What What are your, uh, What area are you from? I'm from the Midwest, uh, Wyoming, literally... Known for our cows and horses. <laughs> and sadness. And sadness. Not really sadness because I'm a little too positive for my own being. Like, <laughs> yeah, good, you know? Is there, is there any local legacy, uh, like following there or it's more like, it, it started going like when the SCG started uh, having them every week? Oh, uh, there was no, like, there's no legacy following here at all. I just, uh, my friend just had Force of Wills, and I just picked up a deck and just played. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question two. What's your favorite magic card and why? Favorite magic card? Hmm. I guess Cryptic Command. That card's sweet. I don't know. It's when I started playing competitive magic, and it felt like it was the most unfair card at the time, which it was. And, like... Like it was fair, it was fun for me and unfair, unfair for my opponents. Like those kind of cards are good. Those kinds, those kinds of cards are like really fun for me because it's like seeing your opponent, uh, seeing your opponent just like put their head in their hands, 
waiting for like waiting to sign the slip, but they can't because they have to watch you do whatever you're wanting to do. It's so much fun, you know. <laughs> but yet so, at the pro tour, when you top eighted, you decided not to play Cryptic Command. I mean, Blood Red Elf was is a fun card. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt like uh, in a unknown format, you want to attack more, which is like something I've been trying to learn. Just like if you don't know. Uh, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know what a format it's gonna be, you really just wanna be like the most aggressive deck possible, unless you can break it in half and play like, a really good control deck. That's what I've learned. So. Do you think you agree, like the same, feel the same way about combo decks, sort of, that they're kind of aggressive? Yeah, we... uh, you have to go all in for a combo deck to work, most of the time, because like, you have to go all in and your sideboard has to be dedicated to hate, most of the time. And then, like say for, uh, uh, show and tell, for example, I mostly just, uh, I mostly did it sideboard. I just put in my sideboard and just took out my sideboard cards because I didn't know what to take out. It's like, <laughs> it's like my my sixty's fine, whatever. <laughs> oh, you you have to make the opponent think you know what you're doing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw I saw some people like put in their sideboard and then like take out a couple of cards that they didn't want. And I'm like, I'll just put in my sideboard and take out my sideboard cards. Seems easier. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's even better when you're playing a combo deck with a transformative sideboard, and then they're just like, "What the fuck? Like, what is he playing? Like, is he did he transform? Did he not transform? Like, is he just messing with me? You know? Like, do I do I keep my removal in? Do I bring in more counters and take out my swords? Like, what 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 am I doing? So that the, the put fifty take your board in and then take fifteen out plan usually pretty good. Just I think yeah. a lot of people are just too lazy to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's, some, it's something to do during sideboarding when your opponent's like confused and scratching his head, wondering what to do. You know? Like, oh yeah, definitely. You're just like, you know, you know, I'm gonna board all of these in. The best is when you even show him what you're boarding in. You're like, you're, I'm boarding this, and you shuffle it in, and just like those cards <laughs> right out. And you're just like, have at me, bro. And. Uh, <laughs> I'd take the lazy route. If, if Tom was just, like, siding in, like, 15 in, 15 out, I'd just, like, have 15 lands so I could do it fast. And, you know, K- KYT would just be, like, have a really big confused look on his face. He'd be like, what? I don't understand. I thought we were friends. <laughs> when you do it, like, you need to have, like, 15 gruesome encores in your side. <laughs> you put it in and then you take them out, you know? <laughs> that's not legal, man. That's not legal. Unfortunately, you could actually get DQ'd from a tournament for having that, or at least get like a game loss. <laughs> you have to have like, but you have to have at least two gruesome encores, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so my my favorite like random sideboard story is I I was playing it was extended and I was playing uh, like mono blue control, which like Malokus, shackles and like other other stuff like that, whatever counter spells, and I had only fourteen sideboard cards, and, like, I was there at the tournament, and, you know, I'm missing my last sideboard card, so there's random draft commons left at the table, so I just, like, grabbed one that I was going to put in my sideboard, and my friend, uh, Cheng said, no, take Surge of Thought West, your Maloku token's bigger than their Maloku token. <laughs> then my friend, uh, my friend Rob said, oh, man, if you go to game three and, like, board in that against some noob, and then beat him with that, I'll, I'll give you five dollars. I'm like, Do you have Dio? a Spanish one that made bigger tokens? or? No, this was just regular Moku at the time. I didn't oh. have the Spanish one yet. But I just had Surge of Thought Weft and the one Surge of Thought Weft in the board. Because the deck played Engineered uh, Explosives so it played, and Fetchland, so you could get like your one Hallowed Fountain. You could actually cast it. 
So actually, around three, I was actually against Rob himself, and he was playing Dredge. And then game three, like I, I attacked him not for lethal, but uh, you know, it's possible he's going to go off the next turn. And he's like, "Yeah, take it down to five. I'm like, "No, Surge of Thought left. You die." Probably <laughs> <laughs> did I kill him with that, but he also had to pay me five bucks afterwards. <laughs> it was that. That's like that's what Charlie Sheen calls buy winning. <laughs> And then what even funnier, the tournament organizer, when he posted the top eight deck list, posted my list of 14-card sideboard. He didn't show the Surge of Thought with that was in my board. Because I think he was, like, embarrassed to show, like, man, my tournaments are so low caliber that people can play one random card on their board and still get there or whatever. <laughs> All skill. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so question three, uh, Tom. What would you like to be known for in the Magic community, and why should we care? Um, hmm. I want to be known as the best Tom Ma to top it. <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard I've heard that question a lot, and it was brought up by uh, Luis this weekend. It's just like, and it's like, actually, the biggest question that stuck with me, <laughs> and I think it's actually the funniest question too. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, I become the best Tom Ma to top it a pro tour. Myself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so basically, you haven't set very lofty goals for yourself. Yeah, you know, no big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question four: You're gonna get into a bar fight, and you can pick one member of the magic community to get your back. Who's your pack one? Pick one. It's my pack one. Pick one. That's actually pretty hard. You just pick me, and you can't lose. <laughs> I mean, that's the plan, right? Well, Drunken like marks on to the rescue, <laughs> motherfuckers. Man, you just need like ten other Asian guys, and you'll outnumber them. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I guess I'll pick Mark Son. I don't know. That's sick. You, like, you don't know anything. Like, oh, you have to see all these questions, and you're just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a not a confident pack one pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Tom. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> if, you, if you build your deck around me, I'm totally cool with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you you're serious enough about these answers. And this is a very serious podcast. Okay, we don't accept any joking around whatsoever. Uh, I really don't think I'm ever gonna get a bar fight. So that's I see a problem with the question first. So and then. Mark Sun was willing enough to be my pack one pick one, so I'll take him, you know. (laughs) But, like, I've watched Asian movies, and there's always a bar fight, you know? Like, (laughs) Yeah, Mark Sun, do you know Kung Fu? I mean, I can always pretend that I know. That'll make you feel more confident. You just have to, like, yell something really loudly and, like, move your arms in a complicated manner, and they'll believe it. (laughs) You're like, I'm Jet Li, motherfucker, I'm Jet Li! <laughs> like who would get your back? Jet Li, Bruce Lee, or uh what's his name? Uh, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, Chan is awful man. I hate that guy. Why? I'm a, I'm a huge Jet Li fan though. He's great. And you just gotta get Chuck Norris, right? Chuck Norris. <laughs> and what, what's the name of the other guy that did the uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Chow Young Fat. Chow Young Fat. He's my boy, man. Come on. <laughs> He's his boy. <laughs> Oh man, drunken Markson. Uh, Alex, question five goes question to you. Question number five, Tom Ma. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? 
Uh, <laughs> okay, I have to, I have to like not laugh after that little crazy stunt. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whoa, you said it wrong. Say it properly on this cast. When we're saying the word crazy, we gotta say it, uh, say it properly. Okay. I feel very uncomfortable saying that. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's too bad, isn't it? Because it's not your podcast. Yeah. Fair enough. When you're a guest uh, in someone's home, okay, you, 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 and they, they prefer keeping the toilet seat up, you keep the toilet seat up. <laughs> uh, I really can't say it, I really can't. <laughs> uh, craziest, th- craziest thing I've ever done. Well, I don't recall exactly, but we went to Buffalo Wild Wings this past weekend at KC after I didn't date two and bubbled out, and, uh, I decided to get the, the hottest challenge, yeah, the blazing yes. challenge. So, and I just like, and I can't handle hot foods at all. I literally can't. Uh, the hottest, like, the hottest thing I can handle is like a tiny jalapeno, but that's drowned in milk and stuff. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So I decided to get the hottest wings I know, and also the an ice cream, which was <laughs> the best thing I've ever done. Is getting ice cream with the craziest hot wings because like I was eating these hot wings. <laughs> being oblivious to the heat because the heat didn't hit me yet. And then a uh, guy comes by with my ice cream. I forgot I ordered it. And I'm sweating out of my every pore in my face. I'm literally about to die crying. And then I have this ice cream. Everything's good in the world. Like, I guess that's the craziest thing I've done because I can't handle hot foods. So you're basically one of those, like, cartoon characters who, like, eat something really hot and then, like, starts going red and red and then, like, fire comes out of their mouth. They're like, ah! And they, like, run to the nearest place where there's, like, a bucket of water and just, like, run, 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 and then they just, like, jump in the lake or whatever. And they're like, ah! Exactly. And that was, like, your ice cream? Yeah. My ice cream was my savior. <laughs> I highly recommend it. If you ever decide to do the blazing challenge. <laughs> so I have another, yeah, I have another question. So you were eating hot wings and ice cream? Yes. So are you pregnant? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> I have like... Oh, man. Mark Sun says that he did the blazing challenge before in 57 seconds. Is that true, Mark Sun? It is true. I If you come to Columbus, Ohio, there is a... There's a B-dubs that has my picture on there. My face is covered in blazing sauce. It's awful. <laughs> wow. I think your face is pretty awful even without blazing sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, of course, your recent success. This is a legacy podcast, and you're now known as the hive mind guy. And obviously it started... Um, because he plays a lot of moto, right? um what's that it all started not in indianapolis right oh no it did start in indy well uh before providence my friend and i uh adam were uh discussing what to play in providence if we were to both go and he showed me hive mind that was doing well in moto and uh the way the only way he was going to go to Providence if, if people actually paid his way there so he could play Hive Mind because he thought the deck was just a joke but it'd be really good for one tournament and uh you know I usually trust his decisions like in the dark you know whatever so uh I was like I was on the Hive Mind boat too but I couldn't go because I had a appointment with the doctor or dentist to check my uh wisdom teeth Boo. So, yeah it was like it's a pretty lame a pretty lame excuse but my mom's <laughs> like you can't go <laughs> 
Yeah, KYT's like... mom was like that too. But then he, <laughs> then he mowed the lawn, and she said it was okay. Jeez. <laughs> doesn't doesn't Medina mow the lawns here? Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, both KYT and Medina are pussy whip. Just for in KYT's case, it's by his mom. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I watched the deck on Moto a ton, and I thought the deck was fun, so I decided to play it. And and uh, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, but rest? you mi- you so you didn't go. Did your friend? I, I missed. Did your friend end up going? He did not because uh, we, he decided not to go because he was going to uh, Nagoya soon. So he's just like he'd rather save the money, and no one no one wanted to pay him the money to just to play Hive Mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the person that actually made top eight, you didn't know him. I did not know him at all. Okay. So talk to us about the deck a bit. Uh, what are strengths, weaknesses? What do you what do you why why would you recommend this deck to somebody who's starting and getting in, into Legacy? Well, Hive Mind is a three-card clunky combo. <laughs> You're playing six-mana enchantments. It's a, let me talk about Hive Mind first. It's a rare from M10. Costs six mana. And that's all I knew about it beforehand. And afterwards, I knew it was a win condition. <laughs> um, Hive Mind itself, the deck, you have eight Force of Wills, Pact of Negation, and uh, Force of Will itself. <laughs> like, like having eight Force of Wills is actually unfair. Uh, they hem to Tarok themselves, and you just play another pack. You p- play a pack negation. It's actually just funny because they have nothing else to do. Um, you uh, things I've learned with the deck is just like you beat any Force of Will deck except for Merfolk. But Merfolk, it, they usually don't know what you're doing. Uh, they usually don't know what you're doing, so they walk into, like, most of my spells. Say, like, Did you, uh, uh, play against Merfolk at Denver? Yeah, I played against it twice, I think. In the top eight, I walked a guy into, uh, <laughs> Engineered Plague. He oh, had Curse huh. Catcher, he had Curse Catcher, Curse Catcher, Silverial Adept. I'm like, he had, uh, I had Ancient Tomb, uh, Ancient Tomb Island, Polluted Delta, and I went for End of Turn Intuition, and he had Double Curse Catcher. He decided not to Curse Catcher it at all. So I just oh, walked wow. into Engineered Plague. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> must be nice, must be nice. Yeah, I, I hear Curse Catcher is the is actually the best weapon against that duck. Also days, but oh yeah, that's they it. copy their days. So, <laughs> so you do sideboard after all <laughs> for one matchup. To be fair, <laughs> um, because but, yeah, go ahead, KYD. I just wanted to know, um, well, you can ask your question uh, first, Alex, but afterwards I want him to get into, like, after Providence, you know, uh, how the Invitational went and uh, what culminated into his, like, Denver uh, win. So with Hivemind, basically, you want to resolve the enchantment, right, and then play a pact, and which they copy, and then they die usually to being unable to pay for the pact in their upkeep? Yes. Um... So how do you actually beat, like, a Curse Catcher? If they, assuming they don't like Curse Catch or something else and they wait for Pact, like game one. We could have multiple packs. <laughs> um, <laughs> just say, it's not out of the realm of possibility to have more than one Pact. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Also, also Emrakul is pretty nice against them too. <laughs> if they, uh, if a guy knows what he's doing and doesn't walk his Curse Catchers into my 
random ponders or brainstorms. Like, you could always r- randomly draw a show-and-tell Emrakul, which is pretty nice. It can sometimes get there. <laughs> so the deck also plays, like, it uses show-and-tell to cheat Hivemon to play, and you also play uh, Emrakuls? Yeah. This is for, of course, those of those who are listening and are not aware of what the deck really does. <laughs> I mean... I'm pretty sure you, you're you you're aware of... of that the, the deck plays Emrakul in Show and Tell. <laughs> I'm not sure he is. <laughs> he's, he's pretty lost. <laughs> are you are you still drafting and playing two construct and match at the same time? <laughs> I split in the finals of this draft. Uh, I won my two man, and then I'm still in sideboarding for this last one. And I'm thinking about just giving it to him. <laughs> game one, game one, I accidentally f six twice. <laughs> so I had a discard. I had a discard turn two. I'm like, oops, <laughs> wrong tab. <laughs> so, oh well, you know, it's only it's only it's not a gold queue, So I'm happy with this, you know. <laughs> what a what a cheerful man. That's, that's what that's what you should be most well known for. You should be known best known for being the happiest player in Magic. Just like just like super giddy. You're just like. You know, I could see like jumping rope all the way to a tournament event site. <laughs> his, his trophy picture, like, sure set him uh, in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you if you see Star City Games' uh, photo album, it's literally just uh, literally just them taking pictures of me and being me being as cute as possible. Which you know, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. You know, <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it, but it. The hardest part of Saturday was deciding on what uh, what pose I should do next for my pictures. <laughs> um, I got some questions here. I've been asking on Twitter for for questions for you, Tom. Um, so how how do you think you do? How do you think you do with Hive Mind against people who know what they're up against? Well, I played the mirror. I played the mirror like twice that day at the open, and. Uh, the, they were uh, local people that asked for my new sideboard, which I shipped because I'm nice. I'm not going to say no because it's secret or whatever. And I uh, beat them because they got a little too hasty or they were just like uh, – they were confused on what to counter, you know? Um, people – like there are some people like uh, Nick Spagnolo and uh, other people that were prepared for me, quote, <laughs> quote prepared for me that day. Uh, it, like it, it was almost like too easy to beat them. Like no offense to them, but you know, decks a little. Uh, if there's like, if people are playing fringe cards like Nyx, say that. Like that's fair. <laughs> um, but like, I don't think people are gonna invest their sideboard just to uh, invest like invest their sideboard into trying just to beat one deck. Everyone, almost everyone I've talked to thinks the deck is a joke. <laughs> which is fair. Which is fair. Well, well, I think they also think you're a joke. So. <laughs> I mean. That's I think if you were maybe a more serious character, the deck would right, right. have a bit more. You know, your 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 voice would have more sway with it, right? But right. as is, people kind of see you as like the jester, you know? You know? I agree with Alex. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the reason why it's not getting the respect. It's poster boy is not some serious guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean you know, it's definitely we, you're definitely a chill guy. Just you know, you're not 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 exactly the best <laughs> spokesperson to inspire confidence in a deck. You know. <laughs> uh, but go on, Tom. But uh, yeah, the deck. The people think it's a joke, which is fair. I mean, 
I'm casting a six mana enchantment <laughs> while they're casting quote unquote real cards, Stoneforge Mystic. Well, well, generally you cast a, a, a three mana sorcery that puts the six mana enchantment in play, though. So it's no, not I fair. cast, I cast, I cast a three mana sorcery, and they go out of their way to force a well, and then I ran, <laughs> I randomly just hard cast it, <laughs> like <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> Oh man! And so talking you, about Stoneforge, you know, Stoneforge and Jace the Mind Sculptor. People were like, "Oh man, it's all the cards from Type Two and Legacy." Well, not anymore. Yeah. Now they're just in Legacy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, so you think even though people claim to be prepared for you, they really weren't. So that's what you're saying, right? Like, um, they they had they certainly had sideboard cards for me, but. Um, they really didn't know how to play against the deck, like when to be aggressive, when to like not, you know? Okay. So do you think that's one of the deck's big advantages right now? That uh that people don't know like how to play against it? Yeah, they don't they don't know when to when to like counter what spells or like what to wait to what to, wait till what resolves. Um like they could be prepared they could be prepared for hive mind. I mean the hive mind actual show until hive mind, but they couldn't be prepared for like, say, Emrakul. Mm. Right. So like so they they could have like all these dazes in hand and I could be cold to it, but they don't like they don't know what to expect. Which is why show and tell is like a really good card. So how would you recommend like playing against the deck? Um mm. That's actually pretty good. Uh <laughs> I I'd I'd, I'd, rec- I'd recommend playing Merfolk. If I was in Baltimore and I expect a hive mind heavy field, I'd play uh Merfolk. With like okay. Couple mental missteps, but like Spell Pierce's main mostly. But I'm hmm. more like how if you're you're paired against Hive Mind and you're playing like let's say a deck, obviously you have to have some sort of counter spells. And yeah. like how are how are you going to try and interact with it? What is the best way to do that? Um, mental misstep, the one drop spells as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it's the only spell you can counter. But like people were trying to get value out of me. Um, I was so greedy. I kept one landers with just like brainstorm ponder, and they kept <laughs> brainstorm uh, ponder and brainstorm resolve because they were expecting something worse, which is fine in the dark. But against if you know you're playing against hive mind, it's just get get <laughs> mental missteps as, out of your hand as fast as possible. Well, if you play a turn one ponder, right, then it's probably it's it's pretty likely that you are playing hive mind, whereas a brainstorm I mean, is not as telling, right? Turn one ponder, you could be other teps. I mean, you could either be Storm, Hive Mind, or Team America if they still play it, I guess. Um, but Team America doesn't, like, Team America doesn't play any basics, so Basic Island, Basic Island Ponder, I usually put them on, uh, Storm or Hive Mind. More, more Storm than Hive Mind, because, uh, Storm Nobody is... plays Hive Mind? Because it's a joke? I mean, yeah, it's a joke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um... It's a joke, quote like quote unquote joke, and Storm is a better deck because it's like more higher risk, high reward type of thing. Like you could have a turn one kill, whereas like Hive Mind, you have to you have to have all these three card combos just to win, you know. Well, don't you only really need a two card combo like Hive Mind Pact? Yeah, show and show and tells show and tells in there too for value because, you know, when your when your Hive Minds cost three less, it's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hmm. 
I have some question, another question for you, Tom. What are the common mistakes of high mind players? Um, common mistakes for high mind so, players. So plays that you made. <laughs> uh, I've seen some sideboarding like going wrong. Like I've given, yeah, uh, I've given some uh, sideboarding guides to like my friends, but they didn't take the initiative to like actually change it up. I said beforehand that. This sideboard strategy is not not the greatest. I mean, it works, but it's not the greatest. And then they go with it 100%. Like, uh, say, uh, in the finals of SCG Open, I uh, I brought in the Engineered Plagues because Nick Spagnolo said that, like, if you take out one of their combo pieces, you're usually fine, which is fair, and I brought him in. But, um, but for Game 3, I took him out because I just realized that, like, I, if I don't care what he's doing... And if I just combo off on my own terms, like I'm fine with that. Right. Do you, do you actually mm. are you a fan of the sideboarding guide, so to speak? Like I, I with all the articles coming out constantly nowadays, I find a lot of people don't actually think for themselves, and they just like copy a sideboard guide and follow that exactly. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And sideboard guides. Sideboard guides are helpful. You get a general idea of what to sideboard, but it's actually pretty funny when you uh, when you play against a, a opponent and you play like something like spell pierce against vampires or something. Like you actually you forgot to take it out. You're like, and it's a fit, like very effective that game. It's actually pretty funny to see them tilt because of it. You know. So, <laughs> they're like, they're like you kept it spell pierce. I'm like, uh, I forgot to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like sideboard guides are fine in general, but like they don't always help you win. So, all right. Well, um, oh, so what's the coolest play you've you've made so far with the hive mind deck? Uh, like, most outside the box, kind of. The I said this on SEG Live, but like it's actually like one of my most favorite plays I've ever done with the deck was uh, brainstorm up to eight, go to end of turn, discard Emrakul just to have the shuffle effect. Oh, <laughs> nice. My, my hand was pretty terrible. On top was a pack, uh, pack to the, the Titan Emrakul. So I didn't want to draw that. So I go like end of turn. I'm like, oh wait, I have eight cards. Discard. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, so Tom, I just wanted to ask you about how, how you felt about the invitational overall. I remember watching the coverage for when you made top four. And they're like talking about the high mind deck, and they're like, "Man, I wonder if anybody played it during the Invitational." And like, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, there was. They found that there was. Let's check if it's Tom." <laughs> and apparently, but you scrubbed out in the Invitational, though. Yeah, I, I scrubbed out in the Invitational, and uh, I made a risky play against the Storm player, and uh, he had four of his Lotus Petals out, and I'm like, I waited for my second. I was like debating on my second Hive Mind, so I can just like Summoners packed him out of the game, or just go for it then. And I went for it, and he's just like, Dark Ritual during my upkeep, pay for all my packs. I'm like, oops. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was pretty dead going into Legacy. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I decided to play Cobblade, and uh, I'm not going to blame I'm not gonna blame Luck or anything, but, like, I ran I ran pretty bad. <laughs> gotta got remember that one I'm not gonna blame luck or anything But I ran pretty bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What the hell Was that supposed to be <laughs> uh, uh, Playing like 
I got sometimes I got criminally underplayed. Like uh my opponent fetches for Squadron Hawks, brainstorms with Jace, play Squadron Hawks, play Squadron Hawk doesn't uh doesn't fetch, says go. You know? <laughs> and I'm I'm here I'm here just twiddling my thumbs waiting for him to kill me. <laughs> That's the best kind of thing like ever. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm like, not... why are you playing so bad? Why am I losing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes they have better cards than you. Can't. It's magic, so. How, how well did you do in the legacy portion of the Invitational? Did you go OX? I went, I beat Michael Eisenhower round one of the legacy part in, or, uh, in the Invitational. I went, right. I beat Michael Eisenhower and then lost the storm. And then, uh, in the Swiss of the Open, I went 702. Whoa. Yeah. I, so you I, didn't change a thing. Did you change a single card? I changed the sideboard for Denver. I didn't change the card sideboard from the Invitational to the Open. Okay, so you just felt good about the deck and felt you just ran slightly worse? It was, a, it was like, for the uh, for the Invitational, I just didn't want... Like, I knew I was dead, so I didn't really want to play. I just wanted to, like, drop in, relax, and whatever. Prepa- okay. Prepare my final deck list for tomorrow. Okay. Up and you'll, whatever, just play some practice games. And, uh, for the open, I just like, I literally just, uh, I literally just sat down, had to read every single card that my opponent played against me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wondered, and wondered if I should force a will that, you know? <laughs> this is, this is legacy. You stare at force a will for like two seconds, wondering if that card's good enough, a big enough threat to counter. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, these these are the lessons I've learned from Legacy. <laughs> so, what cards usually do you consider a big enough threat to counter from mm. from after reading all those cards? A counter spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So basically, you mostly like pretty much always use your force of will to protect your own combo rather than counter something somebody else is doing. Almost as like a uh, him to Torok or something, something that's like backbreaking by itself. Like no one played discard against me, which should like which could be good against Hive Mind. I don't know. I haven't played against uh I haven't played against discard on, until like the finals, but he only had like three cabal therapies. So okay. like like uh I really don't know. <laughs> um but yeah. So when you're playing the deck, do you just like do you wait till you have like all the combo pieces or do you just like run hive minds out there? Um, sometimes if you have hi- uh, Hive Mind and Pact of Negation in hand, sometimes you just run out the Hive Mind and you have inevitability. Because, uh, when they, uh, when they try to do something, you have Pact of Negation, and they copy your Pact, so, like, you always target the spell, like, you always let your trigger resolve, so you can do whatever you want. And then, uh, when you have, uh, Pact of Negation up, uh, I mean, their spell is still on the stack, you Pact of Negation, they either counter the spell, the original spell, or your Pact of Negation, so you don't have to pay for the Pact at all. Which is like, which is pretty cool. Like you just sit with hive mind and play, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for them to do something, and you're happy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're always happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if you don't have a pack negation? Do you just would you play like a hive mind? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they fear it. <laughs> they fear they fear doing anything. So, um, I actually had a pack to the titan. I mean, pack to the, I mean, hive mind against an opponent. <laughs> Round five of the open, I think, just doing nothing. I had no cards in hand, just had Hive Mind out and waited for him to do something. <laughs> like, like, I can play this game if you want to play this game. 
it turns off all their counter spells too, right? Because you can, when they play a counter on your spell, you just copy it and counter their spell back? Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had, like, a situation where you had the the hive mind out, but then it turned against you? Ooh, yeah. Um, I haven't had experience that yet. Um, uh, I guess, I guess when I was playing against Drew, uh, at the open when he, uh, had the misdirection for the ancestral, it's, uh, my fault for not, re- uh, knowing what misdirection did. <laughs> Again, like, I don't know what these cards do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, my hive mind, I'll misdirection my ancestral back to me. He's like, okay, misdirection, I'll draw three. Okay. Wait. <laughs> misdirection. Wait, I could target my own misdirection. Or target your misdirection. He's like, yeah, but you didn't. I'm like, ooh. Still won that game, but you know. <laughs> oh, wow. He draws six and I still win. <laughs> story, guys. Skill is important. <laughs> I think people are going to lose faith in that once they listen to this cast. <laughs> um. I think I remember you go, you beat Drew, right? And then you go to top four, you end up losing that match, and then I think later on you told me that you missed, you made many sketchy plays. Yeah, um, game one, game one, I brown him in a comical fashion. Um, like, what, what deck was he playing in? He was playing the Natural Order Rug List. Oh, right, right. And, uh, game two, I had a, I had a decision to where I show and tell Emrakul into play, and I have a Force Will show and tell in hand. And, uh, my reasoning, like, he, I play show and tell, he force of wills. And then I had a decision on whether or not I want to force of will that turn, or like, show and tell next turn. My idea was, uh, if I have, hmm. like, three copies of show and tell versus two, like, show and, show and tell force of will, that's two copies of show and tell. Whereas, like, if I draw a blue card, I can show and tell, then force of will, which is like three copies, because I play show last turn, show this turn, then force of will if I drew a blue card. You know? But it didn't happen, and then he went uh, Island Jace, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, so uh, yeah, game game three was just like I had Hive Mind in play, but it was just uh, if I had a uh, if I like if I drew a black pact, I probably would have won. If he like if he had nothing in his hand, but you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, like. It was a correct play to play the hive mind. <laughs> so. Okay, so so it wasn't really so you didn't really misplay. It was a judgment call you felt in game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a it was a judgment call, and like my judgment was wrong because because <laughs> you didn't like, draw a blue card. Like, yeah, because I didn't draw a blue card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, was, Top. I have too much faith in my cards, apparently. <laughs> So seven oh two, and then you go to top four, and I'm assuming in Denver you went on a sick run. I went five oh two in the Swiss, um, and lost one game in the top eight. <laughs> so total with the deck is sixteen one and four in tournament games, not including the Invitational. Otherwise, it'd be seven two and four, whatever. Like <laughs> I, don't, I didn't, I didn't consider the Invitational a real tournament because I was already dead when. By the time we played Legacy, <laughs> so a pretty so. sick record for for being like probably the only Hive Mind player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, is there anything you want to talk about in in the top eight of Denver? Anything? Uh, like okay. that you haven't you've you've already mentioned a few games like uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just uh, more I play Legacy, the more I realize how uh, broken it is. <laughs> 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 which is fine, like which is fine. I think it's good, but like when uh, I had the in the finals when I was just waiting for him to combo off and kill me. <laughs> this is legacy. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, one game actually you had turn two kill, but he also had the turn two kill. Yeah, because he was on the play. So yeah, it was unfair. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh he was tanking forever, and I'm just twiddling my thumbs. You know, <laughs> I'm like, show me how you win. I don't know how this deck works. <laughs> <laughs> With that big smile of yours. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I literally just was wanted to step up and ask if I could go to the restroom, you know? <laughs> like, when you're done playing with yourself, let me know. <laughs> Man, when, uh, when Dragonstorm was type 2, I actually played Dragonstorm without any dragons in it. So I just played Dragonstorm for, like, 4 Storm, and instead I had basically more cert card draw and rituals and stuff. So I just show my hand, I'm like, I don't have any dragons, and then, like, 90% of the time they would just scoop, usually. It's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you don't have to go and find your Hellkites or whatever. <laughs> and then, and then for game two, you could board them in, cause usually when it's, the match is gonna end, they wanna see it. But this actually yeah. backfired for me one time. I played like that deck a lot, and then one time against like a friend of mine, and then I'm like, Dragonstorm for, for four? And like, he's like, yeah? I'm like, I have no dragons in my hand. He's like, okay, go ahead, search. I'm like, I'll concede this game. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> but it sure was fun. <laughs> so uh, to wrap up on Hivemind, Tom, you don't think this is a joke deck. You think this is a deck people should be playing. I certainly think it's one of the better show-and-tell decks. Okay. <laughs> the Like the other show-and-tell decks being like uh, Reanimator or Sneak Attack. Sneak Attack is like you don't win right away. Unless you mm-hmm. have a bite still Colossus, and um, you could still lose to a Jace when you're playing Reanimator Show and Tell, which is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> which is which, which is why I don't go for like Show and Tell uh, Show and Tell Emrakul that much anymore. I mean, it's still there; it'll still win you games. It won me games when I just mulligan down to it, like uh, you know, like Unreasonable Hand. But I have a uh, Show and Tell Emrakul in hand, so why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> But, okay, so the best show-and-tell deck. <laughs> yeah, it's the best show-and-tell deck. And it's also blue, so you get to play Brainstorm and Force of Will. And I don't, I don't need to explain how good those cards are. <laughs> right. So what type of metagame would you recommend the deck for? Um, something without Merfolk or competent Merfolk players. So, right now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, sweet. Yeah. Any Any questions, Frank? What's next for the famous Tomma? <laughs> Probably Cincinnati, but this weekend I have a PTQ in Lincoln, Nebraska. Whoa, you still have to queue? Yeah. You're Tomma. <laughs> <laughs> really? You like, you like top eight at a pro tour last, last year and, and you have to qualify via the PTQ system? Yeah. Well, what is this? <laughs> there's this? There's this thing called a train, and I respectively fell off. <laughs> the wheels came off at Paris. <laughs> so well, like. But, I, so I, what I, are you rocking at the the PTQ? I think it's either going to be vampires, cobbled, or this sweet brew that I've been working on. 
Oh man, what's the sweet brew? It sounds exciting. It features it, uh, the Black Exarch and Lotus Cobra. <laughs> Whoa, interesting. Yeah. I have to look up the Black Exarch. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a grave it's a, digger slash like duress, right? Duress that can hit lands. Okay. That's like the lands, the lands are pretty cool when you can like turn three, get their land, which I don't do most of the time, but you know, it, it's still there. <laughs> But, yeah, it's a, just a Lotus Cobra base deck that just like, punishes like, you know, just a basic Lotus Cobra deck that just does random things with fetch lands and tries to play unfair cards. <laughs> so what fair. are your thoughts though, though this is a legacy podcast, what are your thoughts of the batting of Jason Stoneforge Mystic in Type 2? I think it's actually pretty funny. Especially since, uh, Lava Mancer, <laughs> Lava Mancer and, like, Lava Mancer is coming back. Um, Jace, Jace was a fine card. Stoneforge, okay, um, so, how, like, how it was discussed by my friends and I was, uh, uh, was, uh, how it, like, fairy, like, seeing the dominant decks before fairies, fairies, Jund, and, like, uh, Blue Light Mystic, uh, fairies, if both of you had Bitter Blossom turn two, the, the game would be fair, you know? Uh, same with Jund. If you both had, like, Putrid Leech into Sprouting Thranax, turns two and three, the game would be fair, you know? It's usually led down to Cascades with Bloodbraid Elf, but for the Mirror Match and Blue-White Stoneforge, the person who has Stoneforge Mystic on the play, you're actually miles behind, you know? Which is, uh, which is actually, uh, why you I mean, you're miles like, behind if, if you had it on the draw. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you go, like, both of you have, like, the same exact hand, but the person on the play is going to win because they have Stoneforge turn two, and the guy has to spend like so many turns investing just to keep up. So, would you consider yourself someone who usually wins die rolls? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Winning die rolls is a skill. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, let's ask the rest of the guys, like Frank. I'm sure people want to know. How Frank feels. Everybody I, wants to know more about Frank. Yeah, exactly. They want to delve into my mind and live there, you know. Frank, when you found <laughs> out when you found out that Stoneforge and Jace were back, were getting banned, were you in your kitchen making pastas? <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite line still is from the last podcast where uh, it's the Family Guy where he's like, "I was trying to bang my girlfriend." <laughs> so she said there was no way. <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't know why this gets uh, attributed to me because, like, my girlfriend's into it when I ask her. <laughs> Ooh. <clears throat> anyway, so, I, I like I didn't uh, I didn't really expect this to happen. You know? <laughs> Were you angry? <laughs> Personally, like I like personally, I don't really care. But uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I wasn't really playing uh, Cobblade. I've like I don't really care about Cobblade, you know. Right. And right. like I think it was like I think it was good, but like it wasn't like I don't know. Like it to me, it seemed like the field was di- like diverse enough, you know, in the in the standard tournaments I played. Like. Mm. Uh, I never went to any tournament and then everybody was playing Cobbling. No, everybody was playing, like, 
random shit, you know? <laughs> you just like always, them? you know? Oh, no. The only I, 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 leave, I leave the metagaming to KYT. <laughs> oh, like I said, I played two... Uh, I played a P, uh, PTQ two weeks... I forget, two or three weeks ago. The Canadian Magic Tour, 15 rounds of standard, where, you know, I was uh, X2 or... Yeah, X2 in both, so I, so I was like near the top tables for both tournaments and only faced one Cobblade in 15 rounds, so like... Well, I guess up people, here in Canada, we need to yeah. heat our homes, you know? We, we can't uh, we can't afford to both heat our homes and buy Cobblade decks. So, so apparently our metagame hasn't adjusted to the, to, to the fact that it is the best deck. I don't know what was going on, because I was playing Divine Offerings main just, just to... Uh, get some sort of edge in, in game one, but what was uh, trying to get you? That's KYT. So, <laughs> so like a game against everybody else. So, yeah, so I'm like Frank. I, I haven't. I've I've played like many different decks, um, but uh, I can understand in the U.S. it's different. Parts of the U.S. at least, Frank. Uh, I like also like it was just gonna be like a few more months of this, you know? Like it, uh, like it doesn't really matter, you know. Right, right. It's just, and like, it feels like they've kind of like given in to like all the whiners, you know, like, oh, ban this, it's, it's awful, and like the guys who are crying, oh, no nationals, there's gonna be a conflict, oh, no. I have to play against these cards. Frank, I love you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you tweeted you tweeted pretty actively at that, uh, about no bans. Yeah, just suck it up, man. It's a game. <laughs> it's a format that's going away and will never be played again in uh, in a couple of months, you know. And it, it was I I thought like I thought it was fine, but like it's like <laughs> uh, if you look at the cards themselves. Like, I understand, like, the point, you know, of them, of them banging them, you know? Cause, like, Jace was really restrictive on the metagame, you know? Like, cause there's a thousand creatures that you can't play cause it just get, like, ba- like, they'll play Jace and bounce it, untap with Jace, and then they'll bury you, you know? So, so I can't, <laughs> like, I can understand that, like, if you're trying like to build against that card, like it's it's kind of annoying because like you're restricting your options a lot, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, like for for the Mystic, like it was kind of like too good to. <laughs> Apparently, like tutoring the, for like cards the... and then cheating their mana costs is a powerful thing to do. I think I think it's the whole like uncounterable part, you know, like that's. That's yeah. really rough, you know. I mean, like the uh, fact that you can cheat your your equipment into play, and it's it was also like the like they made all these like these super strong uh, equipment, and like you only need to run one of them, and you always have the one that you need, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, that like that makes it kind of like too consistent, you know. Like yeah, it's yeah. good to have uh, a sort of feast and famine. But if you have to put put four in your deck to draw it consistently, like you like you're you're cutting elsewhere, you know, and uh, right, it, like you, like with Mystic, like you just could get the best of both worlds, you know. 
Yeah, it's like it's like Tinker. It's a card that tutors for a card and helps you cheat its mana cost. Right. Like it's, it's also it can block. Also it can block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it can wear equipment too. Like it's pretty relevant that it's also a creature. Like what's funny to me is that like when I got back into Magic. I found out a card that was called Steel Shaper's Gift, you know, and I thought that card was awesome. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think anyone ever played it. Like, was I, was that ever in the competitive deck? Um, when I'm not Skull sure Clamp, if it ever was. I, I bet that when Skull Clamp was legal, that card would have been uh, quite the beating. Yeah, I, I guess they they work well together. <laughs> I think I may have seen this card, or I'm thinking steel, some other steel shaper, some other card it's, with steel. It's just shape. it's it's a white tutor for one, like for one white, and you can get any equipment. That's 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 what it does. Seems it's one white, white and uh, you get an equipment from your deck. This conversation's going a little bit off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves Frank, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> what is what is your opinion, drunk Mark son? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you exactly. Can, can I, I think Mark doesn't care about standard. I mean, I I, I do. Standard, I I actually care a lot more about it now that Jason Snowforger banned because I think the amount of diverse decks that can pop up are going to be very high. So I I start I played Birthing Pod last week at F and M and I scrubbed out, but. Now I think without Jason the metagame, you know, I can reliably play it. Wow. Birthing pod. That just makes me think of Jesse. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it's like survival, right? So, like, I, you know, I'm, I was a huge survival guy when it was the best deck in the format. So, um, birthing even pod reminds that, right? me even of when it. You could, even when you could only play Fauna Shamans, you were still playing that. That's true. Hey, that was that was the deck. I mean, it... The, uh, but yeah, survival was just broken, but like, Birthing Pod is a fixed version of it, and I, I like the chains that you can form. Now, I, you know, I, I was a master this Friday at drawing the cards that I needed to Birthing Pod into, and without, <laughs> without Brainstorm, you really, really can't, you, you can't, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, Jace is gone now, so forget those Brainstorms. <laughs> yeah, like, um, like, the one example I, I want to make is like, I, there was one game where my only out was to chain into a Shieldred, the, the Black Praetor. And, um, for the turn that I needed to get her, I drew her in my hand and I couldn't cast her. So it was like, well, I, I, I guess I'll lose now. So, but, um, you know, the, uh-huh. the chains are really cool to design. So they're, they're pretty customizable. As long as you have value out of your chains, you can, you can usually win the game just through, you know, chaining multiple creatures. And I voltaic key too, so it works out pretty well. Mm. Like, so basically the thing, the thing so- that's, you know, the thing that's kind of sad is that all those people that are happy that, uh, that of the bannings is that like, there are these people that like, they were waiting to play their bad decks and they, <laughs> <laughs> and now like, they got like, uh, <laughs> green light, uh, go. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically it, man. That's what I was gonna say. I'm like, now without Jason Stoneforge, everybody's can do play all this nonsense. <laughs> like, like, birth, let's birthing pod, let's start with a Memnite, then I get turn two, I can sacrifice it for a birds, then I can find a Sylvan Ranger, then I can untap it and find a, uh, you know, a Trinket Mage, get a Voltaic Key, untap it again, you know, use it again, find the Trinket Mage into a Vengevine, attack, and then the next turn I can turn my Vengevine, 
into uh, acidic slime and kill his land. Then I can untap and like do it again and get Shieldred and my name's Mark Sun and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for to, to be fair, I, I went O2 drop it up them, but I mean, it was it was about the it was the most fun I've had in standard since uh, I used to play rug. And uh, you know, of course, after Feast and Fam, it was kind of awkward to to actually get around with Rug. So I don't know. I mean, I might be making a comeback in the standard. I played uh, I played against uh, a Birthing Pod deck in my last uh, in my last uh, standard tournament, and uh, let's just say I wanted to pee in my opponent's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you answer their uh, their question with another question? I mean. <laughs> No, no, no. There was no question. I like. I just, I just felt that way. <laughs> Man, I played against my. I was playing. Uh, I was playing Cobblade, and my opponent was playing a Birthing Pod deck, and he played turn two Verdian emissary or whatever, and he went turn three Birthing Pod. And I played Manalik and took a few more hits from that emissary before playing real cards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think I actually think that uh, it was probably right to ban Cobblade and stuff. But I think the real problem is actually the SCG opens, that they're, like, aging the format way faster than normally would age. Like, normally it'd take people a lot longer to, like, tune their list to be, like, perfect, and, you know, the metagame would take a lot longer to change. Mm-hmm. But now, like, there's these major cash tournaments, right, every week, and so people are constantly innovating and constantly, you know, working on the next best thing and, like, make them, so people find the best deck pretty fast and... Mm-hmm. Just like tune it and crush everything. I've, I've actually I, I noticed think legacies the, oh, are getting ahead. affected by that a bit too. Go yeah, I, I I started noticing that because um you know I I trolled MTG the source a lot because when I'm at work and you know I I leave a reaction running in the lab and I get a you know like a one hour break so I troll the source quite often and I I've noticed from like 2008 the threads there the metagame didn't shift barely at all, and now we have big tournaments every week, so we're seeing the format come to equilibrium much faster, and it's kind of interesting, because, uh, you know, like, you never know what the, the new hot deck for the next week is going to be. Right, but, like, I feel that, say, in Legacy, which is a format known to be, like, really wide open, that it's it's getting less and less wide open. Like, the, the top decks are sort of, you know, the, the the cream of the crop is kind of rising to the top, and, like... You know, so people are starting to realize what the best decks are, and like it's it's kind of hard for if you're not playing one of those decks to like compete at the same level. And I actually think that's a bad thing for the format because I think it's awesome when everybody just gets to play their like you know kind of janky but like you know, <laughs> decks they just love they're playing. The pet decks. Yeah, yeah, like their their survival deck even after survival's banned. You know? <laughs> <laughs> their their deck that plays six mana enchantments that don't really do anything. You know, <laughs> they're but. You know, I, I I hope the format can stay like that and not just become like, hey, look, I'm playing Merfolk, I'm playing Blue White, I'm playing Team America, and uh, that's interesting, Alex. Because I wonder, like, reading Aaron Forsythe's article, you know, he gave the impression that the main reason he had to ban the cards was because of reduced a- attendance in in many uh, recent events and. If it's largely in part due to you know, like SEG events making the same decks appear, then I wonder if this is going to be like a, a constant problem of the game moving forward. Like that that worries me a bit. Yeah, well, like I mean, variety is a spice of life, right? And to uh, to use a cliche, 
But, uh, and like, it's definitely much more fun to have a format where there's all these different decks that you can play. So every player is going to find something that suits their play style and that they're going to have a lot of fun with and be able to do well with, right? Whereas if a format is just like, hey, look, play Cobblade or play some other deck that's just worse, and like, it's not as fun, right? Because like, if you, you know, some player who's not suited to playing Cobblade, you know, while, you know, KYT, you and me are both perfectly happy to play Cobblade usually. Yeah. It's like, like a player who's you know not suited to play Cobblade is just gonna have to like handicap themselves because they have more fun playing Magic in a different way, and that's right, definitely right. not not right. I mean, like the Star City Opens are definitely good because they're getting people for the people, like they're getting people to play, and it's good for for the community and so on. But I actually think like it's bad for the long term health of the game because the the like. Sets are still coming out only every three months or whatever, and you know usually that used to be enough time while it like it didn't become stale, but now it's kind of you know becoming stale a lot faster. Everybody knows like it's figuring out what the answer is, right? Well, well, with standard also like there's only that many sets, so there's only that many possibilities for what you can build, right. and like. With so many tournaments, like, uh, those formats get figured out pretty quickly, you know? And, yes. uh, you know, like, there, I, I was reading something that uh, Brian <laughs> Kibler wrote in uh, one of his latest articles, and he was like, usually, you know, when I, f- he said, what he said is, usually when I finish a tournament, like, I want to play, like, in another tournament in the same format right away to just, like, uh, apply what I've learned, you know. And uh, he said he said about the the la- the latest uh, pro tour, which was uh, Scars Block. Block. He said like I never want to play that format again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm a big fan of formats with larger card pools because it allows people to make like decks, and you know, there's way more interesting interactions and like. You know, cool things that can happen, and that's how I like playing Magic. Like, I'm, you know, I fit into the Johnny Spike group. I like, you know, <laughs> I like, I like doing combos and, like, just being like, wow, it, this is such a cool interaction that these cards can do and whatever. But I also like to, you know, just crush people. Just be like, yeah, I'll play a Tintured Stoneforge Mystic. Good luck, have fun. But, like, m- my, uh, my prediction is that, like, when uh, like when the the the, the Zendikar block rotates out, like we're gonna be back to four sets in standard, and then there's gonna be a lot of events with those only those four sets. Uh, actually, it's not four; it's uh, it's five sets. So it's gonna be M12, Innistrad, and then Scars block. So right. like this this uh, version of standard is gonna last up until February. So it's gonna be a good, uh, it's gonna be a good four months of that. And <sighs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be played in, like, in the, all this SCGs and then in Worlds also. So I, I think by the time Worlds rolls around, like, people are gonna be bitching about the format so much. It, <laughs> like, Stop you can start you, brewing! <laughs> you can mark my word on that. And I think the problem is that it's it's these five sets standard format. They're like they can't like if you overplay them it's not that good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite standard format like was 
probably when there was cold snap and time shifted cards in it. Like, cause then they're just way all these more, more cards and it was, it was sweet. But, uh, I mean, you know, if, if you want to play a format with a bigger card pool, you don't have to play standard. You can play, you know, a fun format like Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, it, what my, my favorite format used to be extended before they decided to make it like, hey, look, it's last year's type two and this <laughs> year's type two, you know? And then, but, uh, like it was, it was awesome when it was just like huge, huge amount of sets and, could do all these crazy things, but uh, then they they killed that, and so I started playing Legacy, and Legacy's awesome because you can you can play all sorts of crazy shit too. Like like Tom Ma said earlier, it's broken, and I, I like doing broken things. You know, as you'll probably discover in our cube draft, I'm gonna draft some crazy combo deck, and I'm just gonna like kill you turn three, and you're gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I do wonder if the solution is to push for these other formats, like other people, like Gavin Verhey's really trying to push for overextended, and, and then there's the modern format, so I'm just I'm just interested to see how it's all going to play out, but uh, I'm in agreement with you guys that if it's like the same thing, standard, and, and we're always going to see these uh, frequent SCG events that, you know, it could hurt the uh, long-term health of the game, well, of the format, of that specific format at least. Yeah, I definitely think having more types of formats is, like, a really good thing. I mean, it's like, you you know, you, you go up to a guy and you're like, do you like ice cream? And he's probably going to say yes, right? Like, and you know, but he probably <laughs> has a favorite flavor, right? You know, not everybody has to like the same flavor of ice cream, even if we all like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, some people like strawberry, though those people are pretty messed up. And, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, some, some people like, like seriously, everybody like buys the Neapolitan, uh, or whatever ice cream thing. And then like nobody eats the strawberry. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like the pink man. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was creepy. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, pink sleeves, man. That's my favorite color of sleeves. For some, some reason, some reason, I always do well when I'm wearing when I'm using pink sleeves. Only a real always man can wear, wear your pink. pink sleeves, man. <laughs> or else you could be a father at nineteen like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Frankie. So I haven't been playing Legacy recently. What about you guys? Minus Tom Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Drunken Mark's son. I think he means you. Oh, I mean, like, uh, I, I've actually taken a small hiatus from Magic so that I can get my life back on track and get a career. But, um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, that's a terrible idea. And t- tonight you're podcasting drunk with us, is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, this is part of that... getting the career back on track. But It's like stage one, get inebriated. Stage yeah. two, <laughs> find a job. Question <laughs> marks, profit. I mean, no, um, I, I think, like, uh, I, I really wanted, I, I really realized, like, after this year that, like, I'm, I may need to move on to the next step in life. I mean, I, I will still play Magic, but. What? I need to, uh, I, I need to There's get There's a next step? There is a next step. As no! As, as don't weird go. as that sounds, <laughs> man, as weird as that sounds there is a... next level, man, guys. He's next level. He's like, yeah, the next level, man, is just not playing Magic at all. I'm gonna next level all of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think I'll always play Magic. I think that I, I just need to, 
I need to get you know to the next step. Like I I have a degree from college. I just need to get a job. So um, this summer I'm taking some some uh, some time to teach a little bit and to do a little bit of chemical engineering research so that I can get ready for the next level. It, it is it is it's next level career is essentially what it is. But I still have a lot of interest in the format or in legacy anyways. So um, the the deck that I'm actually looking into playing is the Natural Order Rug deck by Reed Duke. Oh yeah, you told me about that, and you said that uh, someone played it to some insane record. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, like, you know, I, I have a lot of mentors in this game, and like, you know, they're 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 not as well known because you know they also have the the, the whole career thing going on, so they can only play it sometimes. But you know, I I logged on the source this weekend or last weekend, and I got a message from someone who I consider to be very knowledgeable in the format and as my mentor. And the first line of the the message that I got was. I need you to play this deck, and and I, you know, I started at it for a second, and I was like, you know, he he is a he is a person that never copies any deck lists, you know, he doesn't really believe in all the hype, but he told me that when he saw this natural order rug deck, that he got on eBay and purchased all the parts that necessary for it. So you know, I and you know, I'm a true believer in this guy, so I started considering you know playing it, and so far, like it's really interesting because he made a lot of changes to fit the metagame that he was playing in. And um, I feel like I can do probably the same. And this is really all in preparation for SEG Open Cincinnati next month. Hmm. So you haven't got a chance to really try it. Yeah, um, I I actually get a chance to try it this weekend. There is actually a local tournament in Cincinnati that I get to go to. It's probably going to attract about 30 to 40 people. Um, But basically, there's a lot of radical changes that are made in this deck. For example, um, the, the... the guy who played it and and won at the at the uh, Jupiter Games Festival event, um, he cut two forcibles from the main deck. So like, you know, I I wrote the article uh, a little while ago about advocating zero forcibles in Legacy, which you know Tom is probably really happy about right now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are in cahoots, eh? It's like this whole freaking gang. Like Tom's like, yeah, it's, I don't want people playing force wills. KYT's like, Mark. You need to write an article on my site about this. <laughs> Mark's like, of course, to help out my Asian brother, Tom Ma. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think right now where Legacy's at, though, like, I don't think Forcible is necessary. And, you know, it, there, there is the occasional combo deck, but um, right now with Mental Misstep and Days, I think that's enough to keep those combo decks in check. You know, obviously Dex will play Force Will, and, you know, I mentioned in my article, it's like, it's like a prisoner's dilemma where, like, you can play zero Force Will, you can play four, but when everybody plays zero Force Will, you're all gonna lose the combo anyways. So, as long as some percentage, you know, as long as there's a non-zero percentage of people playing four Force Will or whatever, it should be fine. Um, in the, in the rug deck though that I was talking about, um, it plays two Force Wills because, you know, you, it, those kinds of decks, they have a really serious issue with keeping up with card quantity advantage. So beating control, um, to be control, you really need to generate that kind of card advantage. So cutting two force walls, it, it really helps the main deck. And you know, I'm talking about you know running Sylvan Library in the sideboard just to make sure that I can keep up with the control decks. And so far, like I have a lot of confidence in this deck, so I haven't had a lot of time to test, but I think that I can walk in cold in this tournament this weekend. Whoa! And well, oh man, and, uh, that's what we call <laughs> that's what we call big balls. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Mark, your, your thing of, you know, playing zero force of wills and just like hoping that other people basically take out the combo players, you know, that's kind of like, whenever someone asks me, you know, what the deck I have and they're like, how do you beat this, like, random janky deck? I'm like, you win round one. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean a, a lot about it. And, and I used to be, and I used to be like that. You know, like a couple of years back when I started playing Legacy, I was really about. You know, I was like, oh my god, what if I, what if I play against Enchantress in Legacy? And it's like, you know, <laughs> I, you, you know, now I'm like, I don't even care. If I get paired against Enchantress, I'm the most unlucky person in the room. But um, otherwise, you know, if, if you <laughs> or if you, or, you prepare, prob- or you randomly probably have a draw. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, you know, and, and otherwise, like you know, if you just prepare for the for the most popular decks, in general, you're gonna have a good percentage enough to hit those decks, anyways, and you're gonna be able to play well against them. So, I mean, I think Hive Mind might actually spring up. You know, I, I, you know, Tom's deck it might just spring up as the the combo deck from now on. Like, I, I think that Ooh. all the well, I think all the blue, all, I think all the blue combo decks, the blue base ones. As long as they run four force wall four minimal misstep, they're going to be able to compete with the other decks that try to fight against them. Okay, and if it's the best combo deck that plays these cards, then I guess it's probably the best combo. It's the combo deck. <laughs> oh man, you you guys, eh? You, you you stick together, huh? You're like, let's let's lift up Tarmar on our shoulders, guys. <laughs> like it's not enough that he already won like this event and like top eight at this other event, you know. Our support is necessary to to show him to show the world that <laughs> Tom uh, truly is great. <laughs> I mean, Tom reminds you of uh, when he talks about reading the cards when uh, China won uh, the World Steam portion <laughs> when when that Chinese guy had to read all the cards and they ended up winning the the team portion. So didn't, didn't he go like XO in Legacy too? <laughs> like, something retarded. Which is actually pretty funny because it's like. How did this guy win? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought you need to know your shit in Legacy. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely gonna have to try. Hive Mind is the next deck I want to try. I definitely I'm, actually want to want to try that deck. I am a big fan of combo decks that also get to play like their own Force of Wills and stuff. So it's it's certainly a really fun deck, but um, but I, I I feel I feel like if if you were going to play Legacy, I'd play Force of Will. <laughs> That's, like, nothing wrong with what Mark said, but, like, I feel like Force of Will is a good enough card just to play. Like, <laughs> like Mental Misstep, sure, it's a good card. I agree it's a good card, but, like, when I'm playing a deck that just rolls its eyes to Mental Misstep, <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you think that's one of the reasons that, like, the hive mind is good right now? That everybody's, like, playing mental missteps, like, and sometimes cutting mm. their forces? And yeah, so yeah. you're just, like, laugh at them. You're like, ah, ha, 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 sucks <laughs> to be you, brah. <laughs> uh, there was discussions about, like, people playing only three force of will main, which is actually, uh, which they think is right. Um, <laughs> like, they, they think it's right, but it's just like, and I'm just staring at them playing this combo deck that, like, if they don't have an extra force will and they have an extra mental misstep, I just don't care what they do. <laughs> Tom feels so strong about a format where he needs to read his cards in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I, I mean, certainly if, if you are playing force wills, that means you want to draw them against the combo decks, right? Which means you'd think you'd want to have four. But Yeah. Uh... I do not know what's wrong with my internet. I have no idea, well, actually. Tom, Tom was just saying that you, you should still play Force Wills. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I run into him, I'll just go in on my binder in the backpack and just, you know, slide four in. <laughs> Basically, after, like, all the help you gave him, you know, by saying don't play Force Wills and stuff, 
Now he's just like, oh yeah, thanks for all the respect. I'm going to disrespect you now behind your back. <laughs> I mean, at least I'm not playing zero Force Wheels. I'm playing two, you know, and I'm bored into a third one, so it's all right. Yeah, mice. Uh, Tom, would you play your exact Denver list? Um, would you recommend that to our listeners to, to, as a starting point, or have you made changes after this tournament? I've actually kept it as a strict 75. Well, well, the mana base... You need to have four Ancient Tomb, two City of Trader, but because of card availability, I only had three of three of each. <laughs> card availability issues? Yeah. He had an extra City of Traders, but he didn't have the fourth Ancient Tomb, so I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Shrug my shoulders, no big deal. <laughs> Still adds two. <laughs> okay, so I guess... Our listeners would like to know that. And uh, did you lo- use most of your your sideboard in the in that last tournament? I didn't use the leyline of sanctities. Well, I used the leyline of sanctities for one game against mono red, but I took it out game three like I always do. Um, but uh, leyline of sanctities and mind break traps I didn't bring in because I expected there to be teps or storm, and there was storm at the top of the tables, but like I didn't get paired against it. Okay. So I know. Uh, I'd still, I'd still keep it, uh, I still keep in, uh, Mind Break Traps and Sanctities against Teps, though. Because the deck's scarier than yours when they can, like, combo off turn one. <laughs> yeah, plus you need all those sideboard cards so you can shuffle them in and then take them right back out. Exactly. These eight threatening cards that haven't been touched all day. <laughs> I'll give, I'll give them some love. I'll shuffle them in. <laughs> Let them feel the warmth of your fingers. <laughs> As I, Calmly take them out again. <laughs> hmm. Frank, have you played Legacy in the last two weeks? Well, I already talked about it. I played pa- Painter Servant. Uh, oh yeah, right, right. And I got uh, Surgical Extraction. Then <laughs> I've quit Legacy since then. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think. I think. Not every day that Merfolk, uh, Merfolk plays like turn, kill, like turn one surgical extraction or whatever in your guy, right? Which is what happened. You know, he, he mental misstepped your grindstone and then surgical extracted it, right? It's like basically turn one, he beat you. I think, I think it was even more like, I, I'm, I think I misstepped his misstep and then he had the extra counter spell or something like that. So basically, you got beat down hard. Yeah, hmm. well, I wasn't. I wasn't too crazy about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I, I think I want to play like as bad as it seems. I think I want to play creatures in uh, Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> and why play fair when you can play unfair? I'll cast my 3-3 three, three for one. Okay. Emrakul. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the Mike Flory's perspective, right, uh, KYT? The goblins, lol. Yeah. Lol. Yeah. Nice deck. <laughs> no, he, it, was a, it was an old podcast that I, I stumbled upon, and it was interesting to hear him. He felt really strongly about uh, the standard format being possibly the best ever uh because um 
of how skill intensive it was. And I mean, you know, there, you know, there's arguments for both because obviously like Tom said that, you know, Stoneforge turn two on the play in the mirror is, is like, there's, you know, you can have such an advantage, but then like when you look at the standings, only you, you see like the same names and, uh, and then, uh, I think Joe said, was saying how much he loved Legacy for its variety. And Mike said something like, the only, I think the only reason Legacy has more variety is that, you know, people more, people in his metagame are more willing to play the bad decks. Whereas there's less of that, that type in standard or something. So that was pretty funny. So he's like, Zoo, unplayable goblins unplayable like junk unplayable they named all these decks <laughs> that uh you know you st- still see a lot of play in, in, in legacy people still play i think we've mentioned uh frank has mentioned that people just like to play their pet decks and you know that's why legacy still see like seems healthy i guess healthier yeah, though, I mean, to be fair, Mike Flores doesn't really think any deck's good unless it has his name in front of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Flores, green, black. Flores, you know, aggro, spread them, whatever. <laughs> but I don't think he ever played that well, deck. What was, the, what was the name of his deck? Like, uh, Naya Lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We need characters like Mike Flores, though, in the game. Awesome. Shout out to Mike Flores. <laughs> KYT's pr- previous and future mentor. I mean, it, I've, I've played one deck. I mean, like, you know, it's part of networking with people. You gotta, you know, be close. So I'm always known as his protege, even though I've only played one deck of his because, um, in the last bit, uh, the top deck, and if he's listening, I hope he's not, because <laughs> he's gonna like tweet at me. But like the top deck that he recommends in the last little while, I think he's a little off. Uh, maybe because he only has time to play two man, so his testing is like heavily skewed towards you know that you know the skill level that that exists in two man. So nothing against him, just like like he does extremely well in that. But I think it's in large part because he's probably better. Than, than most of the people that, that just grind two mans. Um, but the, the deck that I did play, the first deck that I did play with that top aided a PDQ, the, the Super Friends, uh, I think he was the first one to actually post a list with, uh, Super Friends and that one was really good. But other than that, you know, people keep saying I like to blow him for tech, but <laughs> <laughs> haven't played haven't played a deck by him in a while, so. But you learned from him to get there first, right? Right, right. <laughs> you're you're um, the new visionary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're good to wrap the show, but uh, maybe we can finish up on any interesting uh, M12 spoilers. Um, you know, seeing Grim Lavamancer, a legacy, I guess, staple in standard is very interesting. <laughs> um when I saw Grim Lavamancer being reprinted, I literally just rolled my eyes and closed my browser <laughs> just to see, just to see, like reload the page, just to see if it was real, and it was. So <laughs> was not happy about that. Yeah, when, I, when, I, when I saw that, I, I thought the future of Standard was pretty grim, so I decided to incinerate all my cards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shout out to LSV. <laughs> um, so yeah, why do you feel bad about that, Tom? Elaborate. I mean, reading the Pat Sullivan quote. Hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, if you guys haven't seen seen it, it's like um, if this will load up. Okay. Uh, while I'm doing this, anyway. Okay. While you're doing this, I don't think there's any new cards that you know. Usually, the core set doesn't introduce many. They're just usually rip, reprints, right? So yeah, yeah. not legacy, not any legacy cards. Yeah, can um, be expected. I don't okay, know. Hive Mind was printed in the core set, right? In M10. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I have the quote right here. Uh, Obviously, I love a red card, but reprinting Grim Lava Mancer seems like it does way more harm than good. Its power level is very high, and it makes you wa- not want to cast your creatures. Two warning signs <laughs> for any card. <laughs> Coming from Patrick Sullivan himself, like. <laughs> Why did you just keep Stoneforge in? <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's Stone... kind of funny. Like, doesn't Grim Lavamancer answer both Jace and Stoneforge like pretty well? <laughs> Me, like we get uh, we get Grim Lavamancer in a format with like Fetchlands, Fetchlands, Searing Blaze, Burst Lightning, and all these good red cards. Well, Goblin Whereas, Guide is one of them too. Yeah, and Goblin Guide <laughs> and so... Goblin Grenade, man, Goblin Grenade. <laughs> <laughs> eh, that not so much. <laughs> I mean, Goblin Grenade, Goblin Grenade's cute, but that means you need to play creatures where you have Shock, Bolt, Burst Lightning, Searing Blaze, Incinerate, and Shrine of Burning Rage. <laughs> like, jeez. Um, <laughs> I felt like, I felt like after, uh, after M12 drops for a little bit, Stoneforge and, like, Jace should be, like, should be going back. Like, Stoneforge is really, really answerable when you have Grim Lava Mancer. So is Jace, you know? But, I don't know. (laughs) We only have, like, we only have, we only have, like, two months with it, so. (laughs) I think that, like, that they should, they, they should unban Stoneforge Mystic and, and Jace, like, right when <laughs> Emmy 12 comes out. So we, they should be, they should actually be, like, not legal for the whole week between June 1st and M12. Yes, exactly. You know. <laughs> That's our, like, the crazy talk. Wait, the crazy talk petition. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Tom, uh, that, that, that there, right there. That's crazy talk. <laughs> I think Alex, you tweeted about this. You think? I guess you guys think Mono Red is going to be a real player. Um, I'm not sure. Like, depends. I really think Falcon and Mono Red are probably like going to be two of the big players. Like, I think if you're deck, the question is going to be, hey, how many basic mountains are you playing? Twelve or sixteen? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because I mean, I, the thing is, like. Jace and Stoneforge are really powerful cards, and yes, they're, like, unfun because the deck is dominating and stuff, but, like, magic is an ecosystem. You can't just kill off, like, you know, the, the as I said in a tweet, the mosquitoes, because they're, you know, flying up there and, and annoying you or whatever, and, uh, and just, like, expect nothing else to happen with the rest of the animal kingdom. Like, Valakut was crushing everything, right? And now, hey, look, Cobblade... Kate comes in and then cr- crushes Valakut, so nobody plays Valakut. But hey, Cobblade's gone now, and hey, the blue decks, which with counterspells, the only way to really interact with Valakut, they also lost Jace the Mind Sculptor, which was like their best weapon. So, I don't know. I I, I fear a, a lot of mountains are going to be hurting me. <laughs> we also have Splinter Twin in the format, too. Yeah, like, well, I, I mean, the thing is, I, I feel that Splinter Twin, like, losing Jace actually hurts the deck a lot. Like, I've found yeah. so many times you win with that deck just, like, 
basically sticking a Jace and just brainstorming a whole bunch and then just being like, hey, I have like ten times as many cards as you. That's fair, but having 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 that looming around in the format is like something you should also think about too. Yeah. You know, the the island island mountain. Oh god, is he gonna do it this turn or is he not? Like now you don't now you don't have to worry about Deceiver Exarch untapped Jace. Haha, ha, I had this dismember. <laughs> and we're dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if the red deck becomes popular, I'd, I'd be excited to see Mental Mista being uh, like really like, good in the I format. Was playing, I was playing Mental Mista in my Copblade list. Yeah, same year. Like, because it was pretty sweet. Uh, like, I Mental Mista two duresses uh, in the SCG Open. In Denver, and I felt so good about myself. But like, seeing Grim Lava Mancer, I'm like, oh god, mental misstep. <laughs> yeah, like, Grim Lava Monster is a card that gets mental misstepped in Legacy out of Merfolk every frickin' time. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I would not be surprised if it starts getting misstepped in Type Two as well. Frank. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Something there's something I've read on Twitter, you know, after they've um they've spoiled the uh, Grim Lava Mancer and it was uh Tom Lapile and okay. uh, he's the he was the lead uh, uh development guy on M uh, M twelve and he said that the two most influential reprints of the set are actually aren't spoiled yet. Yeah. So wow. that's like that, that has exciting. to kind of uh, so that means like that means like it's going to be even more uh, surprising than uh, Grim Lava <laughs> or more well, shocking. <laughs> or, yeah. So <laughs> if they break, if they somehow like reprint Brainstorm, I'll go bananas. <laughs> reprint Brainstorm, Counterspell, and Force a Will. <laughs> They're like, yeah, guys. We, sorry, blue players. We got rid of Jace. Like the only real reason to be playing blue. So you know, we'll make it up to you. Here's brainstorm, force of will, and counterspell, and then there'll be like a whole bunch of other people misplaying brainstorm because you know, legacy <laughs> players at least have some experience playing with the card. Type two players are used to using Jace's ability, which like you play completely differently because you know you get to do it every turn no matter what. <laughs> I have Frank. so many EOT brainstorms that it makes my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, you'd be surprised if they reprinted force of will. <laughs> Um, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, y- yes, I guess. <laughs> Is it like it's not on the reserve list, right? Yeah, so it's possible. It's one of the few I think that that's not. Well, one the biggest the- staple, I, like one of them, like a card that I'm like eventually expecting to see re- uh, reprinted in uh, in standard is, uh, I think, is Factor Fiction. Because like I think I think that card like there's so many people who like who love that card like it has to come back one day you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And like we've we've already had like a few discussions like how how skill intensive it is so like it I think I think that one like might might come back eventually. I'm I'm hoping that that's one of them that uh, they've hinted about. Whoa. If you might think it comes out this set, if that's possible, I'd be excited. 
Sorry, well, which it makes card? sense. I, I, missed, I missed what you were saying. Which card are you talking about? Factor fiction. fiction. Factor fiction. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I would love that to be uh, to have come come back. I, I, I'm a big fan of that card. You know, basically for reasons I think which we discussed last cast, which is that everybody screws up with it. <laughs> I love cards like that, like you know, where where people are given lot, like they're basically given a rope and they're told to like go hang themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really skill-intensive card, and it might be interesting to see, like, the, the, the next era of control without Jace having another four-drop replacement. Yeah, I think it's unlikely they're going to print that, because Wizards has shied away from, like, good blue instant speed card draw for a while. And uh, that's kind of exactly what Factor Fiction is. So... I mean, they don't want you to be able to sit on your on, on back and just be like, "Hey, uh, you got you want a spell to resolve? Ugh, too bad, counter it." Oh, I guess you just pass the turn. Cool. End of turn. Factor fiction. You lose. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Like the the other card that's been spoiled that that seems interesting to me uh, is uh, what, what's it called? It's right of uh, flourishing. Right of. Rights of flourishing. Like, wasn't there a standard deck built around that, like back in the days? Uh, not quite. I mean, I think there was. There was. Are you talking about like the deck that played infinite time walks? I like. I didn't play standard back then, so I, I'm not sure what the deck is. But I think like rights of flourishing was a was a deck. At some point, I mean, I mean, pretty much every howling mine effect always has like a deck. That you know ex- exists with it because it's a very powerful. Hmm. Cards is a powerful thing in Magic, and uh, <laughs> especially when you get to take the majority of the turns, you know, it's, it, it and break the symmetry that way, or you just like don't care what your opponent does with the cards, then it's uh, it's really good to uh, to play cards like that. I mean, there was a card, Walk the Eons, which is four colorless and two blue. Sorcery, take an additional turn after this one, and had buyback, sacrifice three islands. And you right, can play right. that with, like, Rites of Flourishing and Life from the Loam. So if you had enough, like, you know, Rites of Flourishing and Life from the Loam or whatever, you could potentially take, like, as many time walks as, as you want. Okay, so there was blessing an... Or something. There was an infinite turn combo, basically, with that. Yeah, um, basically. I mean, there were other, there are other, uh, other combo decks that also took infinite turns with that. Like, there was one that I found was fun with, um, uh, an artifact for one that reduced costs of your spells by one for each card of the same name you have in your graveyard. Right. So, so you could play, like, time walks pretty cheaply, and you, and you would play, um, the, the card with buyback for one blue, a one blue and buyback five draw card. Right. what it's called. And then you just, uh... Whisper play, of the Muse, I think. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, and with that you could play, when you have enough, like you had two in the graveyard and slain three Locket of Yesterday, which is the name of the artifact, you could pay one blue and the buyback would be paid for by your Lockets. So you could basically just draw a card for a blue mana. And, uh, so you could go, you'd go through your deck taking, like, additional turns. Until you have basically no deck left, and you just have two Gaia's blessings to shuffle back in time walk effects, 
So what you would do is you'd shuffle time walk effects and compulsive research, and you would deck your opponent by compulsive researching them each time walk time. So well, that seems fun. Yeah, the deck was fun. It's I don't know. It's it's certain people's kind of fun. You have to be. You have to have a little bit of a sadistic streak to play, like play something like that. Because <laughs> your opponent, you have to look at your opponent's eyes and see the the sadness and the despair, <laughs> and just be like, yeah. That's the part you like, I think. Yeah. Well, I, what I like is having complete control of the situation. <laughs> no kidding. I like I like it when when I get to choose what's going to happen in the game. Is there any other cards that like you've seen seen on the M12 spoilers that have uh, that that got your attention or? Well, I've Not noticed here. that there is. N- while, you know, uh, Liliana's been replaced by Sorin, and uh, Ajani has been replaced by Gideon, the other three Planeswalkers, Jace, Chandra, and, uh, well, Garrick, have not yet been confirmed. And there's rumors that they're not going to be reprints. They're going to be new Planeswalkers. Yeah, that's Which, that's also what I've heard. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. I mean, uh, I think, I, I actually, though, I really like Garrick. I think it was, like, the perfectly balanced Planeswalker. I think it just did something, like, just exactly fair, like, powerful enough, but not underpowered, and, like, but not, you know, just just perfect power level. And it was fun to play with, and you could, you know, you'd always get something you could want to do. That's so, I guess we could still play eight Jaces. <laughs> yeah, if there's a new Jace. The thing is, I don't know if you really want to play the new Jace, because I, I bet it's going to, after Jace the Mind Sculptor, they're going to hose that card so hard. Uh, it's going to be like Chandra Ablaze 2.0, but it, no! it's like, plus It's going to be Jace Ablaze. <laughs> Please, no. And it's it's going to be like Jace with like a, a joint in his hand or something. He's like, blazed Jace. <laughs> Have you have you seen uh, there's a there's a there's a comic that was uh, done by Inkwell Looter, and it's called Thirty Two Jaces, and he made all these uh, all these Jace characters. I have not. Have you, you haven't seen it? Okay, we're gonna put that in the show notes. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. there's like drunk Jace. Uh, which is being played by Mark Sun today, and <laughs> there's Hobo Jace. Uh, he's got all kinds of uh, of Jaces. Sweet, huh? Like I was like, you're talking about Garuk, uh, uh, and um, like I, I think he might make a small comeback in uh, Standard, like for like the the days that he has now. <laughs> Because like it, it was one of those cards, you know. Like I think like all the all the cards that made creature tokens, like they were so bad against Jace, you know, like because they, yeah, they just I mean, they just bounce your token, and that that was it, you know. So <laughs> I think yeah. I think uh, we could see some of those cards like have more impact on the format now. So Mark Sun seems to have linked us to. Some sort of spoiled cards that are extremely blurry. So basically, it's really sketchy. But yeah, it seems I'm not sure like if it's real or not. But it's yeah, interesting. It I think it's fake. Is, <laughs> certainly is interesting. I mean, they have there's a 
Jace at three mana, a Garak also at three mana, a Chandra. Hey, guess what, guys? It's a fucking five mana. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a Ponder with a different artwork. Ponder with different artwork is one of the things that makes me suspicious. I mean, uh, why would they've already changed the artwork like three times on that card? Seems like why would they change it from M10? <laughs> The Chandra name is pretty funny. <laughs> Chandra Redeemed? Yeah, as if, Chandra like... Redeem herself right now. Yeah. Um, she, she definitely needs to redeem herself, because, honestly, that pop card is a pile of shit. <laughs> like, I would not wipe my ass with that card. <laughs> it's not silky enough. I would not play, like, especially, especially like, Ch- the Chandra, the first version, was, like, okay, you know? Because everybody's like, oh my god, it's a planeswalker, the ultimate's so cool, I'm ever, I'm definitely gonna get there. And then, then they print the second one, because people are like, oh man, Chandra really needs a facelift. And, uh, no, the f- second one's like, way worse, in just like, every way. She's like, yeah, I can discard cards, and if they're red, they, I'll get to add counters to my Chandra. And it costs six. <laughs> like I think the main thing about a planeswalker is it has to be cheap. You want to get it in there. Yep, agreed. The, the best planeswalkers have been forecasting cost or lower. So, with the exception yeah. of Gideon, who's just really good at what he does. Well, Gideon's job though, like, has been really to like to do Tarzan imita- imitation, just like bang his, his his hands against his chest, you know, and then uh, and then say attack me instead of Jace. Like that's <laughs> his job. He's been like. Don't kill the Jace. Look over here. Like he's a super Jedi. He's like, this is not the attack guy, planeswalker you're looking for, you know. <laughs> and because uh, I mean that was kind of his job. You're just like attack Gideon and just brainstorm again. And hey, look, the game's over because you have just so many freaking cards. But uh, <laughs> in really, like che- the planeswalkers being cheaper, not only do you need less mana to play them, but like they come down earlier, and since you get to use them every turn. Like, you get so much more use, right? Planeswalker at four, assuming, let's say, you have, you know, the same amount of mana, you're playing at turn four instead of turn six, you get two extra activations. So it has to be worth, like, the extra mana and the extra, like, activations, too. So. So, uh. Anyways, I, I, I agree with QIT, and I kind of hope these are, are, are fake. <laughs> I don't want to play, I want to actually be able to play. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same thing, I guess. Jace being at the same cost doesn't really hurt it since they can't be in play at the same time anyway, so maybe that's not too bad. Jace but, is probably uh, going to suck. It's probably going to be like plus two. Opponent puts top two cards of their library into their graveyard. <laughs> like minus <laughs> one, draw one card, and then your opponent <laughs> reveals his or her hand, and you choose a card from it. That player shows that card for the rest of the game or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, minus thir- 71, target player puts the top five cards of his or her graveyard into his or her deck or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but but I do hope it's, like, I it probably will suck, but I hope it's, like, Frost Titan, a card that we thought we, we made fun of and, and said... But we actually called it the best Titan at some point as a joke. Whoa, that wasn't a joke. We were <laughs> Come on, which other Titan even said it, right? Which Titan beats all the other Titans in a fight, man? We said Frost Titan. So hopefully <laughs> the new Jace is like that. Fight, if you're in a bar fight and like there's a Titan coming at you, okay, which Titan do you want to have your back? <laughs> True. Frost Titan. 
definitely. Um, unless, unless there's an, a basilisk caller involved, in which case you, you definitely want uh, that Inferno. <laughs> Just spray and pray, man. That's what that guy does. <laughs> um, so I, almost, I almost equipped the... Um, uh, a quill spike on my Infernal Titan in uh, in EDH one time. Ooh. But I got blown out when I went for the equip. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I think I'm going to call Clock Nazi, so... Whoa. Hey, 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 hey. There's, oh, an- there's another card. Like, it's, yes. it hasn't been officially spoiled. It's uh it's a white card and what it does is that when it comes into play your opponent skips their attack step. Yeah, it's a and one four, right? For four mana or something? Yeah, yeah. But that like, would be really in- good with uh Vencer, actually. Yeah, with Vencer you basically lock out the game. Whoa. Like that seems like uh a so strong the problem interaction. With these, the problem with all these creatures and stuff is the fact that this card called Dismember was printed. You know, yeah. it costs, it costs, it, well, it costs a f- two Phyrexian black and a colorless, but really it costs a bl- colorless and four life. For an instant, minus five, minus five to target creature. Yep. Cause like, all these people have been telling me, like, oh my god, Baneslayer's gonna get so much better now that they can't just play Jace and bounce it. And I'm like, yeah, they, they'll have to pay one mana at instant speed to kill it instead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like even Mono Red, man, Mono Red would, you know, which is going to have Grim Lavamancers, Incinerates, and, like, Lightning Bolts for, for Nationals. It's going to be, people are going to be like, yeah, don't worry, we have we have our Bane Slayers and our Core Firewalkers to deal with this shit. And it's like, pay one mana. Answer target Hazer card. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think KYT's right, we should probably start wrapping up... Uh, I think yep. I got some complaints that that our previous cast was too long. Yeah, I mean, Mina, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he comes in like when we should be about to wrap out, so we have to like yeah, we feel no we extra show. for like a half an hour and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, like so talk- like that guy never shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, st- Tom, any shout-outs? You start. Uh, Shout-out to Adam Reiser. I don't know if he's ever going to hear this, but... <laughs> um, also, Chris Van Meter and the entire Glove Club. I don't know if they're ever going to hear this either, but Chris Van Meter for letting me borrow the 64 out of the 75. Gladly, I had my own forces in dual lands. He picked up the slack and got the rest. <laughs> so, um, that's about it, yeah. Uh, thank you, KYT, and everyone else for letting me on this cast and uh, let me babble on about my clunky legacy deck. <laughs> Man, I'm definitely going to try that clunky legacy deck. Sounds awesome. Certainly fun. Certainly recommend it before any battings or new decks show up. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you want to win a lot, you know, it's having fun is number one important thing in Magic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, it is. Like you can't laugh like a giddy schoolgirl like KYT does, you know? What's the point? I don't know. It's, I, I've, I think I've met uh, my match, in, uh, and I guess our listeners <laughs> will tell us if I'm right, in Tom Ma here, Mr. Giddy. Um, definitely seems to laugh as at many things, just like me. So. Yeah, man, I think, I think it's an impersonator. Either that or you're <laughs> twin separated at birth. 
<laughs> I mean, my last name is Tom. There's some some I don't know eerie connection there. Some connection. Yeah, if you guys were Siamese twins and you're just like a, your your name was really Car Young Tom Ma. <laughs> <laughs> It's possible. Um, Mark? Um, Mark, man, shout out to Jack Daniels. Yeah, I know, I know. I have Bex today, actually. I've decided to expand a little bit and give it a shot. But, no, um, I guess the, the, you know, the shout outs are just the same. I mean, to you guys, of course, for inviting me on, even if I am a little buzzed right now. So. And having me, you know, having me disconnect three times during this podcast. It is, to be fair, it, it is storming in Columbus right now, so it's, uh, it's really hard to get the internet going. But, um, you know, shout out to Medina for not being here, for traveling to Columbus tonight and not calling me. That's I think that's what you call an anti-shout out. Yeah, it's an anti-shout out right there. So It's basically um, the, the most politically correct way to say, fuck you, Medina, you know, without actually well, saying, fuck you, Medina, so... I guess I'll, I'll shout out to um, Matt Cranstuber and uh, J.R. Wade. Those are the guys that are working with Medina uh, for the booth at Origins. You know, good luck to those guys because you're working with Medina. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I think that's about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, thanks for having me back on. So even if I haven't done anything in the past month. Sounds good. Um, I'll go next. Uh, shout out to all our listeners. Drew, as always, such a super supporter. Uh, shout out to Mark for being on the show. Tom. Thank you so much for finally making time for us. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, and um, but huge shout outs to Mark, uh, extra shout outs for Mark for uh, writing your article. And I know you're moving to the next step, but I hope you will continue to be on the Man Deprived team. And hopefully, Tom can record some Hive Mind videos <laughs> in the near future if I can get my hands on uh, forces for him. Um, I'll look. Uh, I'll look into that, Tom. Um, <laughs> um, of course, shout out to Alex and Frank for for showing up, <laughs> as opposed to our um, <coughs> missing fourth member, who who is a, a key ingredient, uh, as some uh, commenters would say. Um, yeah, I mean, you need you need salt in your in your soup. Just if you have a little <laughs> bit too much, you get high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Kyle Rick, who's really pushing the Canadian Magic Tour. I think he. Like even though he has no stake in the Canadian Magic Tour itself, as far as I know, like no monetary benefits for pushing it. As far as he is, he's already uh, signed a domain, CanadianMagicTour.com, for any future tournaments, and he's working with me to to hope to push the Canadian Magic scene. So huge props to him. And on a last note, I think you know. A lot of people have been asking me about the coverage that, that Alex and I did and, and with Rob Anderson as well. Um, I think the organizer got really sick or something, but uh, I also heard that you know, some people felt that the, the commentary by Alex and I or Rob were sometimes maybe a bit over the edge uh, and that we sort of even intimidate certain players to, to be, even be in the feature match because we were going to bash them so hard. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we knew some of the players. Like, we knew Robert Pambianki so well that, that we felt we were comfortable with, you know, going way over the edge. Um, Justin Richardson. We had, like, a lot of people that we knew playing in those matches, and maybe we used that energy. And and that might have come across the wrong way to, to some of the people that were watching the coverage. But, uh, 
definitely, if people know me from my cast, I'm very, uh, I guess, neutral, laid back, so. And I'm done. Alex? <laughs> um, I don't know. Shout outs to, uh, to all you guys who are, who decided to show up for the cast today. Thanks, uh, thanks Mark's son, Tom Ma, Car Young Tom Ma, I mean, Car Young Tom, and, uh, Frankie <laughs> Richard, of course. Uh, and, uh, there's one other guy who was supposed to be here, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, shout out to all you guys for listening. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's always, always awesome to get your, your feedback. Um, shout out to Davies Clark for, uh, for, for just being, being awesome. And, uh, shout out to I, Aiden, I don't know, Aiden, for in the, who commented on Manor Prize and left, uh, a nice Jonathan Medina destructive force card. Four colorless blue red seven seven creature. Legendary creature shark. Whenever a player makes a misplay, that player sacrifices a creature. The flavor text just played better. So uh so that, that, yeah, that, I, I, I saw that one. That was pretty good. That that one's that one's pretty awesome, so so good job. Shout out to you. And uh oh yeah, shout out to uh Someone, I don't want to say who, who, cause he doesn't, didn't really want me to discuss this, uh, who sent me a deck list on Facebook asking for my opinion. And, uh, yeah, you know who you are. And, uh, you guys, <laughs> you know, feel free to, whatever, post deck list or something if, if you want some opinions on it. And, uh, I'll get back to you though. I won't promise to be very kind cause, I don't know, sometimes people need a, a dose of reality. But, uh, yeah, so, that's, that's basically it. Alright, my turn. So, uh, shout out to you guys for, uh, another awesome cast. Uh, shout out to my good friend, uh, Vincent Thibault. Uh, we recorded the draft for the, for KYT site, uh, this week, and, uh, not sure when it's going up, but it was lots of fun, and, uh, we managed to win even if we didn't, uh, we didn't play, uh, best at all time. And, uh, that was pretty cool. And also, uh, shout outs to my boys who are gonna be cube drafting with, uh, with us, uh, on Friday afternoon cause it's, uh, national holiday here. So, um, shout outs to, uh, Davies, uh, William, uh, KYT Alex, uh, Mexican, our good friend, and, uh, Justin. So, uh, that's pretty much it. Dingo! <laughs> 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 See you next week, guys. <laughs>